Happy New Year. It's so good to be here with you all this morning. Uh, Today we are starting a new sermon series called Ancient Wisdom, Modern Minds, Exploring Psychology in the Bible. Now there's lots of reasons we're looking for psychology in the Bible. Uh, A big one is that, well, psychology has articulated lots of things that are just true about human life. And since the Bible contains lots of things that are true about human life, too, it just seemed like a good match. Also, we don't want there to be any stigma at all about psychology or therapy, so we thought, you know, looking at it like this might help somebody. Plus, this stuff is really fun to think about. So we're starting off with one of the foundational concepts in psychology, the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is that deep part of your brain that pretty much runs things on autopilot. It's like a a deep lake full of, of feelings, beliefs, urges, and memories that you are not always conscious of, but drive your actions and, most obviously, your reactions. If you've ever been in danger and acted without thinking to get out of it, then you are still here today because of your unconscious mind. Uh, The people who were in danger say they were in the path of a speeding train and then they sat down and made a pros and cons list about what they should do next. They're not here. Or, or, Or maybe you smelled some food once and it smelled bad so you wouldn't eat it, but, but others who were you know, more rational than you uh, made a conscious decision to eat it, and they got sick, and you didn't. Thank you, unconscious mind. The unconscious mind does more than just save us from danger. It's also great at problem solving. Uh, we, we've all woken up at 3 in the morning with an answer that we couldn't come up with during the day, right? Uh, you've probably heard that story uh, uh, about uh, uh, that to think clearly Albert Einstein would sit in the comfortable chair with an empty pie pan in each hand, so when he fell asleep, he would get instantly woken up by the sound and have access to more of his unconscious mind. But it's not all advantages. Uh, sometimes it trips us up. Uh, for instance, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone here knows all the names for the colors, right? Right? Okay, so uh, of course you do. So real, real quick, just say it without thinking. Just real quick, what color does this say? Did it take you a second, though? All right, what color does this one say? But it took you a second. Oh, okay. It's better when it's a whole bunch on the thing. This is one of those times it would be great to be colorblind, though. Like, it's a real advantage in this test. Um, All right, see, so in addition to uh, saving us from danger occasionally, the unconscious mind can also trip us up and keep us stuck in ways that are a lot more uh, than colors and words. You see, so much of our decision-making is done automatically without us really thinking about it at all. This is one of those areas that's actually fun to do studies of. Uh, one of the best-known studies focused on the process of deciding whether a candidate was fit to hold public office. 
So a group of mock voters were given a split second to inspect portrait photographs from the internet of U.S. gubernatorial and Senate candidates from other states uh, uh, the, the, what they, where they lived. And then based on those, those fleeting glimpses of each portrait, they were asked to judge the candidates. Well, guess what happened? Seeing the candidates' faces for less time than it takes to blink an eye predicted the outcome of two out of the three elections. That's scary stuff. The unconscious is where all of your prejudices live. It's where our biases rule. It's where our traumatic memories hide so they can jump out and ruin our day just about any time they feel like it. But I shouldn't say they, should I? I should say you. Because for all intents and purposes, your unconscious mind is you. Or at least it's most of you. It's why we're so full of contradictions. It's why we say one thing and do another. It's why we're so often a mystery to ourselves. It's why we often know what we should do consciously, but something in our unconscious just won't let us do it. Or, or vice versa, there's something we know we shouldn't do, but we just go ahead and do it anyway. Which sounds a lot like the story of God's people in the Bible, doesn't it? Over and over again, God's people Israel are rescued from captivity in one way or another and given a better, more holy way to live. And they say, yes, that is so much better. This is the way we will live from now on. And then God or Moses or Jesus leaves them alone for like five minutes. And all of a sudden, they're like a, a toddler stretching out their finger towards the electric outlet saying, no. That's us. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul spills a good deal of ink wrestling with uh, the conundrum of whether or not the law of God is in some way responsible for all the sin in the world. You know, did, did, did pointing out what the people shouldn't do somehow plant the idea that they should? Sometimes it seems like maybe it did. But that can't be right, can it? it? It's like the struggle we all have between our conscious selves and our unconscious selves. We can know exactly what we need to do, but knowing it doesn't seem to help. Would it just be better if we didn't have those ideas? Maybe all the shoulds are really to blame. Maybe we should all just do whatever feels right to our instincts. But that would just lead to chaos, right? I mean, it has led to chaos, hasn't it? So that's what we're dealing with here in Romans. We, we all know what we should do if we were living intentionally and consciously. 
And especially as Christians, we know what we should do because it's all right there in the Bible. But we don't do it. Why is that? And so Paul describes the problem and gets to the answer. So let's take a look together. Looking at Romans 7, starting at verse 15. It's in your bulletins on the screen. It's in the Bible, obviously. <laughs> it starts out like this. It says, I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Which pretty much sums up how my New Year's resolutions usually go. How about yours? There's, there's the thing I want on a super le fi uh, superficial level right now. Uh, uh, it's to you know, lose weight and get back in shape after taking more than a few months off. Um, but I also eat whatever I want when I want. And instead of exercise, I sleep in and watch TV. Like, they don't go together. One of them I want consciously. The other one I need unconsciously. So which is going to win, I wonder? And that's just the superficial stuff. Spiritually, I want to love like Jesus. I want to be open-handed with everything I have and trust God with my life. But my actions tell me that I'm afraid. That I distrust other people that I don't even trust God that much. How about you? Maybe you're also living with an addiction or in an unhealthy relationship. Do you understand your own actions? Do you do what you want or do you do what you want? Which one is the real you anyway? Right, the next two verses speak to that question. Which one is the real you anyway? Now, if I do what I do not want, that is, when I am led around by the nose of my unconsciousness and sin against God and others because it feels right even though it feels wrong, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Now, when we talk about sin, it's not just about the bad choices that we make. You see, sin's more complicated than that. Paul's got this idea that sin isn't just something you do. It's something that can happen to you. Too. You don't just sin, you are also sinned against. Sometimes people do stuff to you, maybe without meaning to, that sticks with you deep down. And these things, they kind of set up shop in your subconscious and start messing with your head. 
So even if you want to do the right thing, there's all that stuff buried inside of you that can trip you up. It's like trying to walk uh, straight on a path that's got all these hidden obstacles. You might trip and fall without ever seeing what hits you. Paul goes on, For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. You know, I want to do the right thing, but it's tough when there's all this hidden baggage kind of dragging me down. And sometimes our actions are influenced by things that have happened to us. Stuff that's been done to us. And it's like carrying around a backpack of rocks that you didn't even know you had. It makes the journey of doing the right thing a whole lot harder. So when we mess up, sometimes it's not just about making a bad choice. It's about all these Invisible forces playing tug-of-war inside of us. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. And that is why it is so important for us to recognize the deep unconscious part of ourselves. Because there's not just one of you. When you look deep within to your desires and feelings, you're going to find that they contradict each other. If your conscious self and your unconscious self are all one person, that person is pretty incoherent. But thankfully, that's not the end of a story. Paul sums it all up in the whole gospel just a few verses down. It says, Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We are not alone in our struggles, and we don't have to untangle the complexities of life by ourselves. Our salvation doesn't come from us figuring it out, having a realization, oh, that's, that's the way I should go. No. Our salvation is purely a gift through Jesus Christ. And it shows us that we have divine support, whether we feel it or not. All we have to do is turn towards this grace. And that opens us up to all kinds of transformative possibilities. We don't earn our salvation through work, but through turning towards Christ. 
And even that ability to turn is a gift from God. So it's the same way with making, you know, positive life changes. They begin with making peace with our deeper unconscious selves rather than struggling against them. Because all of you is forgiven. All of you is given new life. Not just up here, but here and here. The whole thing. You can accept the whole thing because God accepts and loves the whole thing. So instead of fighting against the current of our deeper selves, we, we can learn to swim with it. We don't let you know, it tell us where to go or, or, or what to do, but we accept that it's real and, and needs to be handled with care rather than you know, screamed at or ignored. You know, because sometimes our unconscious knows best and knows us best. Sometimes that feeling or that, that, that feeling of unease is, is the only thing that is going to tell you that a person or a place just isn't a safe place for us. This, this, this approach doesn't just plaster over the cracks, it rebuilds us from within. It, it involves listening to our inner selves, understanding our deeper motivations, and, and, and gently guiding them towards the values and ideals embodied by Jesus Christ. In this way, our transformation isn't a battle, but an evolution towards the best version of ourselves. Because our ultimate perfection is already taken care of. So, since it's the first Sunday in a new year, let's talk about those things that are on all of our lists. Changes we want to make, bad habits we want to break, good ones we want to begin. How can we work with our unconscious rather than against it. So here's a few things. It's kind of weird to go from Romans to this, but you know, it's, this is life. So the first one is to make it appealing. When it comes to forming new habits, it, it's, it's about changing our perspective to make the process something we look forward to instead of seeing it as a chore or a loss. Uh, we, we should focus on the, the positive aspects of the new thing. So, if, you know, if you're if, if you want to write more, instead of setting numeric goals of, of words per day or something like that, join a writing group where you can enjoy the fellowship and get constructive feedback. That'll make it more enjoyable. Or, or if you're trying to get to sleep earlier, instead of you know, beating yourself up when you don't, think about how you could free up a peaceful hour for yourself in the morning. It's not just about the habit itself, but the rewarding experience it brings. 
The second uh, idea is called pairing. And it's this idea from behavioral science where you link something you're not too keen on with something you really like. And that way they start to feel the same to you. Uh, you. You treat yourself like my great aunt Thelma treated me. When I was a kid, she always showed up with the greatest gifts. I was four years old. That's why I liked her. So, so why not try this with a habit you're trying to pick up? Like, you know, if, if you don't like running, because you shouldn't, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but you like books, start listening to an audiobook while you run. Um, and before you know it, you might just start looking forward to your runs, not because of the run, but because of the story you get to dive into. Uh, the third one is really, uh, really good. Uh, Watch out for ironic processes. You know how when you try really hard not to think about something, that thing becomes all that you can think about? Like if you're trying to cut down on carbs and you go to the store thinking, don't buy bread, don't buy bread, all you hear is buy bread, buy bread. <laughs> you, whoever, which one ever you are, don't have to be the hero. You don't have to defeat your unconscious because it'll win. You can just work with it. So if, you know, that's you at the grocery store, just use Instacart. <laughs> or shop when you're full. It's not all or nothing. A win's a win. And, and the fourth one uh, is probably the most important. Try and try and try again. If you're finding it tough to stick to a new habit, don't beat yourself up. If you're struggling with an addiction, and you have a relapse, you know, don't beat yourself up. It's a part of the process. Changing long-standing behaviors is hard, but it's not because you're not trying. It's just that building a new habit is all about repeating a behavior until it becomes as automatic as the old one. You're basically training your brain to switch gears from the conscious effort to the unconscious routine. You know, research shows that for habits like smoking or drinking, most folks only kick the habit after several tries. And it's not just about breaking a physical dependency. It's these habits stick around because they give us something, whether it's comfort or a sense of safety or just a way to relax. New behaviors take time to become our go-to, especially when we're stressed. We tend to fall back on old habits because they're familiar. But getting down on yourself when you slip up is not going to help. In fact, it could just drive you back to your old habits even faster. So just cut yourself some slack. Understand it might take a few shots to get the new habit to stick. Remember that you're doing something tough. And it's okay to be kind to yourself while you're working at it. Patience and self-compassion are the key to making change happen. All right, let's wrap this up. We've all been there, wanting to do one thing, but ending up doing the total opposite. But you know what? It's okay to be a bit of a mess sometimes. We're human. We are often at odds with ourselves. Our conscious intentions clash with the undercurrents of our 
unconscious mind. And this is not a call to surrender, but an invitation to deeper understanding of ourselves and a more compassionate approach to who we really are in all of our contradictions. So as we step into this new year, let's embrace the challenge of aligning our conscious desires with our unconscious drivers. Let's approach our goals not as a battle to be won, but as an opportunity for growth and self-discovery. Let's remember that our worth and identity are not defined by our successes or our failures, but by the grace and love that is already ours through Jesus Christ. So as we move forward, let's do it with the understanding that our unconscious mind is not an enemy to be defeated, but a part of ourselves to be understood and accepted, but also guided. So, here's to a year of learning, growing, and maybe messing up a bit, but always moving forward. Let's keep it real, keep it kind, and keep leaning into this amazing grace we all share. Here's to a year of being beautifully, wonderfully, imperfectly us. Let's pray. God, thank you for the grace that we stand in, for how you have saved us, all of us, not because of anything we've done, but because of who you are. Help us to accept ourselves and to uh, not stay there, but to lean into your grace so that we might take whatever our next step is, today and tomorrow, and to accept that we'll take a few steps backward as well. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's worship God with our tithes and offerings.